Hey, hey, good morning. It's 8.10 in the morning and it's uh, it's like 81 degrees. It might even be warmer already. I got to get out here. Get out on the road with Bud. It says 81, but it's going to heat up pretty quick. So what we're going to do is go for a walk. And uh, I got a water bottle today for Bud. And as normal, it's like Arizona, perfect blue sky everywhere. And uh, I'm walking Bud this morning kind of late because Oma went home last night because she's been staying with us and she needs a little break or take care of business at home. So I, it's a little bit late and it's sunny, it's warm. So I soaked Bud. Put, I just put him in the pool a little bit. And he doesn't like to swim, so I just sprinkled some water on him. So we're off to a good start. He should be feeling good. He's walking down the... He's walking down the street here as if nothing was up, if it wasn't, wasn't hot. So, there we go. Take good care of your bud. So I, I woke up this morning, I was thinking, uh, I don't know, what, what am I going to, last night's episode was, I guess I was running out of topics or something. But, um, and I was really slow, so. But I don't know, I'm just not a, you know, there's some of the talk radio people, they just get excited about stuff. There's probably a whole routine and rhythm to it. Capture your audience, and they're trying to capture millions of people or whatever they're trying to do. And uh, so, yeah, that's talk radio. And I'm just walking my dog. And uh, there's somebody that, is that? Yeah, that was uh, Rose I wanted to talk to. She just got back from doing her own walk. She left much earlier. She's probably spent. But, uh, yeah. Oh, deep breath. Feels good. A little bit of a breeze this morning. Hopefully the mic's working well. Um, I don't know, maybe there's, I wonder if there's a high fidelity mic phones. Maybe there's, maybe there is, uh, you know, some better podcasting earbud type things. So, yeah, I feel like my feet are flip floppy today with my shoes because I, um, it's so hot here. I think, I think our feet get calloused more because of the heat. So I I have to look after my feet. I've actually gone and done a pedicure, not in a couple years, but I did a few years ago. uh, Sitting in with a bunch of Asians at the, at the, uh, at the, uh, whatever they call that bench. I'm sure a lot of women are very familiar with that. Men are not familiar with that. (laughs) But you go in and sit down and they soak your feet and then scrape your calluses off your feet use burning stuff so oh, here comes some more walkers or runners I'm not sure they, they did their thing hey good morning. good morning did you guys do another long run no yeah, just a short a one short yeah. well <laughs> six miler or something yeah, 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 no just a loop that's loop. We oh okay yeah, yeah. all right okay thanks you too the running it's awesome running 
marathon, I talked about that. I love running. But my knee is starting to get a little better. I'm taking this glucosamine and other stuff, and hopefully I'm doing some stabilizer exercises. Again, it's personal training. is probably going to help me a lot. Still haven't <clears throat> lost weight, but you know, we had a... My older sons came over last night and brought my wife to her treatment radiation, which is great. And then, uh, what else? Uh, his wife's family brought over some uh, food and um, spicy, like curry chicken and rice. Very nice stuff. So that was nice. And uh, yeah, different cultural relationships. Um, I don't know, I was, yeah, what did I do this morning? I did my toilet, I call them toilet tweets, where I say, <laughs> sounds kind of crude. But basically Twitter is, should not be taken seriously, that's my opinion. Nobody should take Twitter seriously. And again, it's 90% or 100% of the people on Twitter are jerks, and the 10% of the people that are awesome in the world are not on Twitter. So there you go. So yeah, I just I, I can see something tweeted, and I can find something wrong with it. That's just what I do. And I usually try to um, say right, tweet back something that's kind of clever, but you know, kind of st sticks people like counter argument, but not be kind of be sneaky about it. That that's like my style. So, and here's, you know, here's something that's like, everybody's unique, so that's my uniqueness. I'm kind of a, my little poke back thing. It's nobody should be like me. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, that's my, my jerk behavior or whatever. So yeah, someone was quoting Isaiah and saying how gentle and mild and um, awesome Jesus was and you know kind of like see there you know Isaiah Jesus is gentle and so awesome and oh and I'm like well that's not the full picture of Jesus I mean he got angry at the temple and turned over the uh, those guys selling stuff at the, the temple so and I, I tweeted back because I, I know this guy's like a pastor of some church. He's always so, you know, that's his whole life is, you know, increasing, you know, making sure his church is doing the awesome thing. And, and, um, and they're all concerned about losing millennials, whatever that is, right? So, oh, you know, so that's what I tweeted back. I says, well, your one-dimensional view of life is probably why millennials are leaving the church, you know. So, it's like, you know, and it's, it's just fun to do that. It's kind of like spinning, I'm spinning back to them their own concern. Like, I'm not concerned about millennials leaving the church. I could, you know, in fact, to me, it's more like an opportunity. Look at it. <laughs> you know how people say, oh, look at the problem as an opportunity. So, um, so maybe there's a good reason that maybe the millennials are smarter than these leaders, I think, in some ways. And it's not just generational uh, misthought, because I'm part of the old generation. You just got to, people just got to hold loosely to things. Don't hang on to the past, you know. 
like the, and again it fits in with walking in the spirit the sola spiritu ambulantio first broadcast of the world on this podcast but uh, not fully explained yet but essentially it's it's walking in the spirit and we are 2018 we're not 1988 or whatever these guys went to seminary and learned all these great things and uh, do their their groupthink concepts and have their conventions and do all their things and vision casting and all this stuff. So, yeah, I heard a good message. Uh, oh, it was actually an old one. So that, that some of the some of the old stuff's not bad. I mean, I actually heard a good message that from a guy that uh, talked about find your calling. You know, it's, you've got we've got to find our calling, our purpose, so to speak. And I. I uh, the purpose thing is kind of vague to me unless you, I couple it with a living God and um, creation. And it's not just, you know, find your purpose. I mean, well, who's, is that something you just make up? No, they, they say find it, of course. But it's within us probably because we're created and we have our life experiences. But why do they happen? And it's a real complicated, mathematically, it's almost impossible, infinite options but it, the uh, theology faith doctrine says it's all known ahead of time somehow mystery the mystery right but the mystery doesn't mean that any one of us have figured out the mystery and we got it it's more like it's a mystery that we don't understand so go with it that's I guess that's my thing is go with the mystery don't act like you understand it and telling others like what what is right for them and everything. It's more f- the true freedom. It's more the what I call the witty wimfum. What is that to you question? You must follow me. So we have our journeys. Let's do it. And I was thinking about the abundance word abundance mentality that uh, I've heard from various places and I guess it does matter who the messenger is like if some dude is like some weird YouTube video guy again standing up in front of a bunch of people explaining what abundance mentality is to me I'm I guess that's one of the revelations I'm having is I need the one-on-one interaction with people broadcast speaking to hundreds of people confuses me I guess or I just I just I just doubt it or I just I question broadcast messages to the masses so to speak so I do appreciate one-on-one conversation where someone says hey this is I'm trying to live with an abundance mentality so I'm starting to Here's the here's the hot topic word. Embrace that. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna embrace the abundance mentality. And holy crap, am I? Uh, I am so sensitive to words and embracing things, leaning in, all intentional, being intentional. And in church speak, I love it when pastors say, "Hey, we're gonna. You gotta go all in. Go all in." Usually it's usually go all in, go all in for Jesus. And I may have talked about this in the podcast, but it's, 
It's uh, all in was a phrase in the last 10 years that actually came out of um, Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em poker. I'm going all in. <laughs> and uh, this new church I go to is kind of fun because the pastor admitted he was addicted to online poker, hold Texas Hold'em. All fake money, of course. I mean, it wasn't like he was betting with money, but still, he was confessing what a distraction um, it was to him. You know, like he could spend an hour a day playing Texas Hold'em. I could play that because it was kind of fun at the time. You know, you, it's like, yeah, I want to play Texas Hold'em. It looks good. They show it on TV, and they're playing with real money, but I'll play with fake money. And so I realized after a while, there's, you know, how do you get good at this Texas Hold'em thing? You know, how do you do this? And you have to. Um, there's an art to it and a science, and then in real life you have the body language and the the uh, bluffing and the whole spiel. And there's thing the professionals, of course, that do this all the time with real people, or they see things and they play a lot different in real life than on a computer when it's fake money. But the uh, the all-in concept is essentially it turns out you don't go all in unless you're basically um, low stack. Low stack means you're out of five players left in a game. You only have like one-tenth of what the leader has, so you have a small amount left. And you're just trying to build up some reserves to get back in the game. So you go all in. And it's like a losing a losing bet almost. It's like you're desperate. You're going to go all in. You're just like... So, I mean, I guess you could spin that and say that is applicable to... I'm going to go all in for Jesus. But usually it's implied like you're going to be super devoted, this like incredibly devoted person and total devotion. And There's a pastor in Chicago that I like, and he talked about like total devotion, be fully devoted, blah, blah, blah. And he's a great communicator and speaker. I just disagree with him. So this is, I don't agree that we'll ever be totally devoted. So to me, the preference is work towards more and more devotion not just it's like on and off boom I'm totally devoted now no it's this is where the sola spiritual ambulato comes in walk daily it's a walk and you you progress and you get better and you I'm finding as I do this it's I'm working on being kinder like I know it's I like the jerk book because the guy is a Christian counselor and he admits himself that he's a jerk and how he uh, got mad at some driver and threw a milkshake on their windshield. I mean, this is kind of classic. I haven't even done that but as much of a jerk driver as I am. But uh, my driving has gotten... I, my I, Other people probably think I'm a terrible jerk driver but I don't care because I figured out that none of this stuff is personal on the road. Man, I'm drifting here, folks, but that's hopefully I have an audience that loves the drift. <laughs> and uh, so on the road, I I don't purse. I figured out that people, these are people sitting behind cars, you know. So, like, like I just, all I see is a Honda or a Porsche or a Tesla or something, right? Or a Jeep, right? So... I don't see the person. I don't know the person in the car. I don't know if they're like 
six foot eight and a muscle bounding workout freak that like pumps iron and beat the crap out of me or they're like some five foot three chick that weighs 120 pounds but they're sitting behind a wheel of some vehicle and all i see is the vehicle so i just drive the way i want and i like space out in front of me so i will pass people i will get around people just to get that space and i drive um, at the high end of the limit you know which is to me is 10 miles over the speed limit so if it's 65 i'm i'm usually setting that cruise control at 75. no problem with that i just don't want to get speeding tickets so i mean i'm i'm watching around so but it's nothing personal i just drive it's a car and i just see like they're going 63 and with speed limit 64 i'm getting around them and i'm going 75. or if they're going 73 same thing i got you know it's, you know people Everybody has their style, and that's okay. It's not personal, right? But, you know, people probably, I, I'm sure that in a stretch of 10 miles, and let's say there was 100 cars on the road, I would probably be 80% of the people probably say, oh, I'm a jerk driver. And I'm like, well, I don't care because I'm just <laughs> It's over, and I'm going to come back another 10 miles, and there's going to be a whole nother group of 100 people driving on the road. And I just don't care. I'm just trying to be safe. I'm trying to get away from people. Not that I'm racing them. It's just not personal, people. So, I mean, I know pastors love to talk about driving and being jerks, but you, there's no satisfaction. You can never satisfy anybody. So there's no point in talking about it in church, like, oh, be less of a jerk when you drive. What does it mean? I really don't know what it means because you're, you're always going to be a jerk to somebody. So... You might as well let it go. So we're going to pause here, not with Buddy anyways. We're in the shade. And we're going to, I'm going to give him some water now today. How's your back, Buddy? You still a little bit wet? No, you're pretty dried out, aren't you? Wow, that dried off quick. So let's have some water. I'm going to give you a little of that. You can drink that. And then and there you go. Drink some water, Bud. Don't you want water, Bud? Hey, Bud. You want to walk already? Here, come here, Bud. You got to drink some because I just put it in here. No? You want to get going? All right. I'll put it on your back then. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. Let's get that on your back. There we go. Okay. If you don't want to drink it inside your belly, it's going outside your belly. And he's ready to rock and roll. Here we go. Man, rambling, rambling, rambling. All in. So going all in. We covered that. What else? What else? Where was I before that? Where was I before the all-in poker? I'm sure the audience is screaming at me. Go back. Go back to that other topic that was so interesting that you just blew off. <laughs> no notes on this show, folks. It's all, all improvised. Let's talk about improvisation. I, I don't really, I'm probably the worst improvisation guy, but you can be trained, right? So if you're gonna go on stage and do improv, improv, I heard reading a book that you always, you never wanna say no to anything. So you just wanna go with it. You just wanna say yes, yes. You don't, I mean, these people are on stage, right? And you've probably seen good improv and funny jokes, but one of the key principles is if you ever say no to something or kind of like, fight against something you kind of kill the, the flow of the dialogue or the flow of the improv 
So all those professional improv improvisational guys will never argue with anybody. They don't challenge anybody. So my natural instinct is to question every idea, which makes me suck at improv, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm listening to what someone says and you're supposed to just go with it. I had a real life example that, you know, so re improv is good and I probably need to do better at the, that. And I'm conscious of it now a little bit. So it's, I, this is where people might say, well, now you're self-aware, Mike, you are self-aware that you should, you know, say yes to things and be open to anything, you know? And, uh, but this is where self-awareness breaks down a little bit for me because I was doing a job interview one time. It was really cool. I thought, ah, oh, this would be a great job. I, I was flown from Phoenix to, uh, to Hanover, Germany. I was real excited about joining this company. It's like, yeah, I could get back to the German life, man. I mean, I want to Maybe my five years, I was thinking, man, my five years in Germany probably made me more German than I realized. <laughs> so I need to work with other Germans just to to do better, right? So like that was my thinking. Anyways, I, I enjoyed talking to the hiring manager. Then he introduced me to his boss. And here's where the improv broke down. So I, I don't know who his boss is. You know, we had a little chit-chat. And he's like, his first thing was like, hey, haven't we, haven't we met before? And I knew we hadn't, you know. I mean, I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to lie to the guy, right? But this is where improv breaks down. It would have done me no harm to say, oh, yeah, it must have been at that conference, you know, MRO conference, you know. It's kind of a little bit of a lie or being deceptive. But I, I wonder if that killed my, <laughs> my job offer <laughs> just because I didn't go, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, in other words, the dude's ego is all wrapped up in him thinking that he's a genius at remembering people right so i mean in hindsight i'm like maybe that dude has such a huge ego that everybody knows him right so like of course i would have met him before <laughs> and i was just being honest and honesty kind of shot me down maybe but that's okay i'm good with it now i'm over it i thought shit they flew me all the way from Phoenix to Hanover, Germany, and I didn't get a job offer. I was like, holy crap, what did I do wrong? But I, it, probably, it wasn't probably a perfect fit because I didn't have years and years experience in um, commercial aerospace, and I wasn't ready to move to Atlanta type of thing. I was kind of like, well, let's go to it. I'll go to Atlanta in a couple years type of thing, but not right away. Because a lot of the stuff in aerospace is like, why not work out of your home and, you know, that kind of thing. But, I, you know, the key is being flexible and all this kind of stuff. And I wasn't for the ready for the Atlanta adventure, whatever that would have been. So, personal, personal downfall in the job hunting market. And uh, there you go. So improv, I should have improv that guy and just gone with it. Keep it going, keep things going. Don't end the, the discussion. So what else? There was something I was on about. Tweets, um, opinions, um, always arguing, always finding something to not quite right with something. I thought I had a mini, a mini epiphany or something about the arguing.
um, and, and style. I don't know if it's style. I don't, I mean, I'm, this is, that's what comes natural to me. I, it's just, I question, I, it's part of my upbringing, it's, it's deep-seated, and should I try to correct it or go with it? You know, and I think we were talking about abundance mentality. That's where we were. So abundance is, again, growth. Um, you know, there's the pie is growing. It's not a fixed pie. And, I, oh, this is where I wanted to go, joy. So Twitter, people get angry and they feel like they're right about something. But again, remember, everybody on Twitter is a jerk. <laughs> everybody. But they won't admit it. And so self, self-awareness. Okay, so people, I'm saying everybody on Twitter is a jerk. They just don't realize it. They're not self-aware. Even I'm a jerk. So there you go. So let's all get over that. But it'll probably never happen. People just feel so entitled to their opinions that their opinions are the right ones. And so they argue about it, all kinds of, mostly politics and stuff. But um, it's like, okay, my, my progression and my little mini growth, I'm in a, I'm in a growth, hopefully growing, I would say, okay, you know, someone has a different political opinion than me. I can, I can do the normal poke at their, their foundation or their reasoning and find flaws in it, let's say. But, and that's okay. And hopefully, like, the, the main thing is, go ahead, have a different opinion. But if you're angry and upset about it, you're not having any joy in your life. So to me, the key is, can you be joyful? Can you have an opinion about politics, but not hold it so tight that you're just angry all the time. And I think that's what I see. Well, I saw that in my, I still see that a little bit in myself. I've got to give up the anger thing part of it and just go, yeah, um, I think I'm probably directionally correct <laughs> on the politics thing. And, uh, um, and that others are a bit off base, but the question I have is like, well, does that make them feel better being angry about a political situation? So what, what's kind of interesting is we had this president, eight years of Obama, and I guess I was generally not happy about it because I, I just felt like the economy sucked. You know, just the <clears throat> technically I actually lost a job because of sequestration. So, you know, but that was probably good for me to lose that job. But anyway, um, you know, I would kind of joke like, oh, so the U.S. Army decided not to buy 400 helicopter engines, so I didn't meet my goal. So I'm supposed to go to the White House and tell Obama, hey, I'm going to lose my job unless you buy these 400 helicopter engines. <laughs> but obviously there was more to my discharge than that. Mostly that I was a smart ass, I guess. But I always say, yeah, I might be a smart ass. But you got to put the emphasis on smart. You know, I'm like 80% smart, 20% ass. <laughs> and and if, you, if you challenge my smartness, you start to see the ass level goes up. <laughs> 
So there you go. How to look at life. How to dissect words. Some hard ass. So there we are on that. Abundance. So the people that are angry, I, I just kind of... That, that, that's almost like a good good foundation. Do you have an abundance mentality first? And I feel the people that are so angry right now about the current President Trump are just like Michael Moore's out, he's all fired up. I just don't think he has an abundance mentality. Like it's either you have to be a socialist pig and everything has to be fair for everybody somehow and that this not, doesn't line up with life and he's angry about it. So he has no joy. He he displays no level of joy. And so I would I, that goes with a lot of people. It's like it might be a good um, litmus test. I want to say, just kind of like say, all right, you can you can be this tub of water that is angry and boiling over the politics, but we're going to put the litmus. To, we're going to put this strip of paper in your water and say, well, no joy, no abundance thinking. So go ahead, hold your contrarian political opinions and think Trump is a frickin' jerk, jerk face and that he's out to destroy your life when he's not because he could care less about your personal life. He's doing what he thinks is best for the country and statistically, there's some shitload great frickin' things going on, people. I mean, like unemployment, like <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's like, oh, unemployment's down, whoop-de-doo. I want wages to go up. Well, she's speaking to the, the 80 to 90% of the people that kept their jobs during a shitload shit administration, right? Well, there's, there's other people that didn't keep their frickin' jobs during that crap eight years. And the housing market crashed, and it stayed down, and it was crappy. You know, other people made a lot of money during that. They, they probably bought houses. They had some capital. And they bought real estate or did made investments when things were crappy low. So one thing is, is there's a cycle, right? Up and down. So in 2009, if you were like loading up on stocks, you probably made a shitload of money. But you had to have capital. And um, you had to have money to invest. And then it's like easy money. It's like I always think like investing money is a little bit like easy money. Because it's like you just throw some, it's like gambling. It's like going to Vegas, right? So, and I know my one listener loves to go to Vegas. I'm not sure why. She loves blackjack, but that's cool. I don't know. Maybe she's, I always like the story. See, I'm a conniver. So I like these stories about the guys that cheat the casinos at blackjack. Like they get four people at a table that are really smart. And there's some method that like um, the first three people can bet a certain way or they look at their cards and they signal to the last person like well I've got all face cards so that means I got 10 so if you're sitting on <clears throat> on tens there's not many tens left in the deck that kind of thing I don't know how they do it but they had some MIT people do it they came out to Vegas and see I find that intriguing that's the what would that what would that say about me that's the mathematical science bending what looks to be like, oh, everything's fair, right? <laughs> when we know everyone, the general consensus is 90% of the people say, 
well, Vegas is always stacked against you, which is true. But obviously, MIT knows a way at Blackjack to push the odds back into the favor of really smart team players. It's a team player thing, right? It's illegal. You're not allowed to do it. But somehow they do it. And that, that's kind of interesting to me. I find that interesting. But um, where was I going with that? So investments, capital. 2009, 2010 was crap. Real estate started to pick up maybe in 2012. Still, it hasn't recovered out where I'm at. Um, but it's getting there. But then they just said there's bubbles and there's bubble, bubble, bubble. And um, I heard where my where my listener lives in Denver, the real estate market has, has uh, maybe hit a bubble, they think. I don't know. It's pretty hot in uh, Denver, Colorado, which is a good, seems like a good place. They only have a week of really hot temperatures, which they're experiencing right now. And uh, hopefully they did the evaporative cooling experience for the experiment with the family. Um, what else? Abundance, mentality, growth. Um, and a lot of advice people give on either Facebook or, or people are selling ideas and ways. They, the, the thing I would say is be careful about. It works for them. It may, things work may work for them. But all that enthusiasm, don't get sucked into the enthusiasm of, you know, I did this and did that. And it's just, it's just generating a shitload of money for me, you know. And they make it sound so easy, right? And maybe it's not that easy. That's why I'm kind of attracted to this uh, one writing coach. Because I feel I'm getting value. Like, I don't know how to write. So... I don't know how to write. I got a message in this stuff. So I want to get a message out. So I'm going to use the other way to look at it is skills, professionals. Like I got about 20 extra pounds of fat. So, okay, I'll go to a professional and see what, uh, see what they say about getting my body in line, you know? So I'm going to, this is a mister here for Bud. We're almost home, but you doing all right, Bud? Giving you a little mist. You stopping? You're doing pretty good. Actually, by now you would have stopped if you weren't soaked. If you were not soaked in water, you wouldn't have made it this far, would you, bud? Are you stopping, bud? Huh? What? Let's miss you. Okay, I'll get you. We're almost home. Come on, bud. So we're almost home. I'll let you in the. Shall I let you in the front door today? No, I better do the. Better wash your feet. That is not. That's not cool, man. We'll wash your feet, bud. And uh, so, where was I? Dang it. Abundance. The people selling stuff, value, getting value for writing, adding value. It's, uh, it's not a shtick. It's, it's not a promise to, uh, you know, it's not a desperate cry to the the people that we don't know what 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 to do in life, you know. And so, um, anyway, it's good. I like that. And with that, I think I'll call it a 
a morning podcast. We made it, bud. No, no Oma. And I will uh, cut it off right there. Say, bud, let me reach in my pocket. Let me reach in my pocket, bud, and get the, uh, the anchor anchor app up and hit I gotta hit stop right there we go have an awesome awesome moment because this was Saturday morning Phoenix you may be in the year 3000 listening to this podcast (laughs) dream on Mikey all right have a great day moment moment